Hello, Marvelites, and welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 182. This is the official Marvel podcast of all things from the House of Ideas, including surprising voices to kick off the show. I am not Agent M, a.k.a. Ryan Panagos. I am Ben Morse, senior editor of Marvel.com. Ryan, uh, I don't even know if he's alive right now because he had some crazy movie marathon where he watched like 21 hours straight of Marvel movies at the El Capitan with fans. Uh, so, and more importantly, with Stromy. So he might, who knows. Oh, but no. we're not going to skip the podcast. As you just heard, there are other people here. Um, by popular <laughs> demand. <laughs> and necessity. By popular demand by me. Uh, we are joined once again by host of Marvel's The Watcher. And now... All star Hollywood red carpet reporter. Oh my god, so all star, so Hollywood. Rep- I already lost it. Hey, <laughs> I'm here. It's Lorraine Sink. I, I didn't did even say your name yet. Lorraine Sink. I did it. That's me. That's my name. Welcome back. Hey, thanks to for this week me. in Marvel. It's been a whirlwind couple of weeks for you. Oh my god, it really has been an insane couple of weeks. I was out doing the. Uh, red carpet premiere in mm-hmm. Hollywood as Ben was touting for me mm. uh, for Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron. I was on the red carpet with Tamara Krinsky and we yep. talked to some some famous humans, so that was pretty cool. You did a great job. You introduced everyone uh, I did. as they all came on stage and there were like 30 of them mm-hmm. or something like that. That's true. And then Joss Whedon sassed me as I walked, <laughs> as I told the what guest. What did he say? Um, who, who is... Admittedly, one of the nicest, wonderfulest dudes you in, in the world. You don't have to qualify it. Just, but just no, give the dirt. I, I, at the end of the intros, I said, okay, now everyone take your seat. And if you pay close attention, Joss goes, no, Lorraine, no. And, I, say, <laughs> and I said, please take your seat. And I oh, almost he said, refused to take yeah, his seat. He was sassing me. He didn't want you to be the boss of him. No. But ultimately, you were. He was giving me some tongue-in-cheek did smack he, talk. Did he sit down? He did. So you I, were in I control. I dominated him. Whoa. All right. So thank you, Lorraine. You're for, welcome uh, for that weirdness. For Ryan. Not only that, uh, Intern Alex is here for the final time. Oh. Final? No, nah, I was just messing with you. Intern <laughs> Alex is going to be We're going to take him out behind the shed after this. Yeah, I've, I've been trying for weeks, months, years. Um, yeah, you guys have to share a microphone. Yeah. How's it going, everyone? <laughs> why do you say that? No one can respond to you. They respond to me. I read their tweets. Oh, all right. <laughs> Alex, uh, Alex Lopez, intern of the people. Yeah. Here as always. Okay. Who's that? Gonna help us out this week. A couple weeks ago. What? So no one said that. Um, we are going to check out all the comics we read this week. We are going to tell you guys what's on sale. We are going to cover some news, and we are going to answer your tweets. So, we're going to get right down to it. Uh, Lorraine, you're up first. Oh, no. Are you ready? Oh, God. I know you were just in the middle of doing something. Uh, uh, what? I was not just reading something. Yeah, no, you were. Um, <laughs> why don't you take us inside with the conclusion of a big-time event? Oh, my God, I would love to. First up, Black Vortex Omega Number 1 by writer Sam Humphreys with art by Ed McGinnis and Javier Garron. Very nice. Why, thank you. Thank you. It's probably Haron. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're welcome. Anyway, so we're getting mm. up to the conclusion of the Black Vortex crossover event between Guardians of the Galaxy and the X-Men. Kitty Pride has looked into the Black Vortex. I think we can say that, right? Yeah. And she, It's out there. She spoilers is, abound. Spoilers abound. And she is uh, much more cosmic than she was previously. Of course, her phase power has given her the ability to phase in a more cosmic way. Nice. Uh, so anyways, as you can imagine, we're, we're heading towards Secret Wars. And uh, we're going to see how... 
things change for Kitty Pride, and I'll just say that she's not the girl she once was. No, she has to take on a big role, uh, basically, to save Spartax. When we last left the Spartaxians, um, they sure. were encased in amber, and little brood hatchlings were trying to eat their brains. Which are adorable, but scary. No, they're not. No, no. They're, they're disgusting. They're disgusting. <laughs> and, I love um, the brood. I, I think I have been You love the brood? <laughs> I do. What? Because I've fallen in love with brew. Oh. Well, that's, that's very different, Lorraine. That's the same as, like, you know, just because one... That's like hating pit bulls because they're pit bulls. Ben. No, that's like you like Shamu, so you're like, I love all killer whales, and I you go and try to hug one. Whales. All right, we'll see how that goes for you. It's going to be a f bad free willy situation. Hashtag save the killer whales, blackfish, Ben is oh, evil. Oh, God, come on. I love blackfish. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, Kitty has to take on these powers to try to save Spartax, to try to take down Causing Powered Thane, to try to take down the Slaughter Lords. There's a lot of big fights with the X-Men and the Guardians and Ronins in there. And something massive happens in the last three pages that I think we're going to touch on again when we get to another book this week. But relationshipy stuff for uh, Star-Lord Kitty Pride. Yeah. Wait, how, what did we do last uh, time? Call uh, back. I, Kitty Lord was my favorite, but yeah. that is not the actual hashtag. No, it's actually it? um, uh, uh, Cat, Cat Lord. No, what is oh. it? Star Kitty. That's Star what it Kitty? is. No, Star Kitty? No, Star Kitty. I like Star Star Cat. Star, Star Cat. Cat with a K? Yeah. I like ours better. I we agree. Came up with Kitty us, Lord, so. Kitty Lord, forever. Yeah. And two, I'm really excited because if you guys watch The Watcher, ha, mm. <laughs> I tricked you into plugging my own show. I mean, uh, you, a trick. Can, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can check out an interview this week with Sam Humphreys. Yep, it's already talking up. about the Black Vortex Omega as well as Secret Wars. Uh, title Star Lord and, and Kitty Pride. Yeah, it's not up yet as we record this, but it will be up as you listen to this. Barring horrible, unforeseen consequences. Why would you wish that I on us? I don't Hashtag wish that. Blackfish. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Blackfish getting a lot of support today. <laughs> all new X Men number 40. Now, we did Black Vortex first because all new X Men features Fallout from Black Vortex. Um, so we'll try not to spoil too much, but if you're reading both books this week, make sure you read Black Vortex before you read all new X Men. The kids are back on Earth. Uh, some are changed. There are faces who may not have been there before, and some other faces are gone. Wow, I'm really dancing around a lot of stuff here. But um, if you guys have been reading the internet or the news, you know that there's a big revelation for one of the young X-Men in this issue. Uh, really pivotal, defining moment um, takes place between, I'll say, Jean Grey and someone else that... It's a big status quo change. Oh, yeah. People are going to be talking. They're already talking, Oh, that's Lorraine. true. Yeah, it broke it's last already night. happening. Yeah, it broke, yeah, broke a while ago. As According to Alex, who has his boots on the ground, it's everywhere, <laughs> it his source of giant. But uh, you guys, if you've heard about this, you know, check it out for yourself. Check out the full story. And also, it's going somewhere. Brian Bendis, who wrote this, uh, really wanted to do this story, wanted to tell a tale that, you know, we've seen in comics before, but in a different way. Uh, it's really going to give some nuance to one of my personal favorite characters, and I'm looking forward to see where he takes it. The other major thread here is Brian, I think, since the beginning of his X-Men run, has been teasing there's going to be this group called the Utopians, but it kept being pushed back and pushed back. So here we are at issue number 40, <laughs> and he finally got to him. There's something going on on Utopia. It features familiar characters. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's some people you haven't seen in a while who I know will please especially nitpicky X-Men fans who love all their characters. And the art in this issue is uh, beautiful by Mahmoud Asrar, who always does a great job. 
All right, next we got Amazing Spider-Man number 17.1 by Jerry Conway, art by Carlo Barberi. This picked up <clears throat> after the last issue. This is part two of Spiral, where the Wraith took matters into her own hand and jailed Tombstone, got the evidence that she needed. And it, this picks up with Hammerhead and Goblin King making a deal, how they'll settle to take some of his, I guess, his area of the city where he controls. His turf. Uh, his turf. We call yeah. it turf. Turf wars, you know, yeah. gang style. All right. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, reality yeah, show? Where, can it be? Where did we go Maybe. wrong with this kid? <laughs> Been here too long. Uh, I anyway. agree. <laughs> and, yeah, so it's more of the Wraith going on and doing her own thing. Spider-Man's trying to talk to her, trying to, you know, basically tell her, I know what you're going through. It doesn't have to be this way. You get a little more creepy Mr. Negative in there, trying to give her more tips. You get a cool moment with Hammerhead at the end, um, something to do with how they're settling, how, who's going to take over the turf, and we'll see where it goes from there. Very well done, Mr. Lopez. Yes, back to you, Lorraine. Is it already? Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're going fast and furious today. That's good, because I have because a lot of work, as I told you. I know, him. yeah. Lorraine made sure to impress upon me. She came over and said, hey, I don't know if I can stay the whole time, because I got a lot of to do. I go, that's cool. I have this, 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 and this to do. And I have this, this. I was like, I yeah, wanted... cool. You don't need to be on the show the whole time. All right, just because I have to, you know, I need to get this done. I wanted to know, I wanted you to know that I was not lying, I'd like never, I normally do. I didn't suspect you of lying, because I'm naive and trust you. Oh, oh, okay. It's what Great. goes wrong then, for me. Then no problem. Yep. Ben, I'm super busy. Ugh, Lorraine, tell me about Amazing X-Men. Amazing X-Men number 19 by Chris Yost with art by Jorge Fornes. I don't know why I'm like getting really into the Spanish last names this, this week, but I'm Ryan into it. Ryan usually does, yeah. so it's great. This oh. is your perfect Ryan replacement. <laughs> I get that so I know, often. I was say. <laughs> it's like we're, it's, I look at him and I feel like I'm looking in a mirror. Anyways, The Amazing X-Men, the once and future juggernaut epilogue enough, uh, goes into the original, uh, well, first of all, let's start out with how it starts, which is this really cool kind of four-panel, four-storyline opening where it really is following these four different sort of storylines as it evolves into where they are now with Juggernaut being taken over once again by Kane Marco, mm -hmm. facing off against Colossus. And this has a really beautiful moment in it where Colossus sort of realizes uh, that he has to fight in a certain way yeah. and inspired by Wolverine. And I think it's got a kind of a really beautiful message and also a really nice homage to Wolverine in it. Uh, and also, uh, I've never felt so sad for the Juggernaut before uh, because he kind of has such a sad, dark, story in this. He is a tragic character. I mean, yeah. I mean, he is named after the Mark of Cain, I guess, so that's right. not great. Not never Not a great. good start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're really on the nose there with Professor X's evil brother who is named Cain. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's a bully and a jerk, but he has been a sympathetic character many times because basically he's the product of abuse and jealousy and all these other things that I think a lot of people can relate to. And he has mystical armor, which we can all relate to. Oh, yeah. yeah Especially sure. Ben. Yeah, I got my mystical armor at home. It's called my emotions. Um, <laughs> In my mind, you just sit at home crying, being like, no, I am the juggernaut. Like, this I'm is the my juggernaut. Armor. I'm unstoppable. I'm no one can hurt me. <laughs> Oh, God. Alex, tell me about Avengers World. <laughs> Fast. <laughs> so up next, we have Avengers World number 20. <laughs> Thank goodness. Frank Barb <laughs> uh, Barberi and art by Marco Cicchetto. 
there's basically uh, there's two main stories in here. The first one gives us the uh, back insight on what happened with Shang-Chi a couple of issues ago. You saw that he multiplied all of a sudden. This mm-hmm. tells you how it happened. It's a pretty cool story. And then we also get some insight into how Namor's feeling. You know, after killing all these people, it kind of takes a toll on you. It does. Yeah, so... You it see, always does, right, Lorraine? Yeah. Y- yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to see how he's feeling, and at the end, we have a little glimpse into uh, what Sunspot's planning, and that will take over the next few issues, and we'll see what's going on. Yeah. Avengers Millennium wrapped up this week with issue number four, written by Mike Costa, art by Carmine DGN Domenico and Ina Sisek. This, of course, is an adaptation of a infinite comic that we did, a lot of time travel uh, involving all the Avengers you will get to see in Avengers Age of Ultron, plus Spider-Man, because why not? Um, they're fighting Hydra across time, and they're in three different time periods, and the way they end up Saving each other is pretty clever. Captain America has a great plan. There's an awesome fight against a big dragon with a Hydra guy riding him. And then Hawkeye of all people, Hawkeye of all people <laughs> is the one who comes up with the clever way to defeat everyone. Hey, uh, why, why, why are you being so mean to Hawkeye? He's yeah. a clever dude. He's got, I mean, look, in a group that, Hawkeye is not no dummy, but in a group that includes <laughs> master strategist Captain America, super geniuses Bruce Banner and Tony Stark, uh, super spy, Black Widow, pretty smart scientist, Peter Parker, and also Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Uh, Hawkeye is just not the guy I think of as the, you know, he shoots the arrows. Why are you stink-eyeing me, <laughs> Sink? I, he, but he has a pizza dog. Oh, my God. He does not in this issue. Oh. Pizza okay. dog is back in front. Then Anyways. never mind. It's out. It's smart. It's funny. It's great action. It's great art. Gets you ready for the movie. Oh, my God. Avengers Millennium. It's a winner. Hooray. Speaking of Avengers fighting Hydra, <laughs> we have Avengers Operation Hydra yeah, number Alex one. Alex laughs at his own clever transition. <laughs> He's like, oh, me, so smart. Yeah, gotta give you know, myself some credit sometimes. Yep. <laughs> um, this is written by Will Corona Pilgrim, art by Andrea DeVito. This is a cinematic tie-in. It's our cinematic Avengers fighting Hydra. Yep, it's set in the cinematic universe. Yes. So this is a little mission they have yeah. in between movies. Yeah, you know, just to keep you guys updated. And you also get a bonus. You get Avengers number 16 from the original run mm-hmm. where Quicksilver and um, Scarlet Witch actually joined the Avengers in the back issue. So check that out before you see the movie. Get ready for it. Oh, snap. Next up, Black Widow number 17 by uh, Nathan Edmondson and Phil Noto, who also is just the prettiest artist in the whole wide world. He's so pretty. He, and also his art is pretty. Yeah. But he is also pretty. He's so beautiful. He's the most pretty... Pretty, pretty, this pretty is getting princess. weird. I'm going to just step away from that. <laughs> Natasha, of course, is facing off off against Chaos, mm-hmm. this shadowy organization that, of course, shot her poor defenseless lawyer. I mean... That's odd. Poor defenseless lawyer. I know. Well, when, when you start talking superheroes, yeah. lawyers are pretty defenseless unless you're talking She-Hulk or Daredevil. Mm. So anyway, uh, good old Natasha has this run-in with a superpowered person from Chaos who is showing her what life could be in the future if she'll just join the dark side. Uh, but what hmm, we are s- they the dark side though? It, I, Shades of gray, Lorraine. That's true. Shades of gray. And that, that is also something that they really do delve into is the ambiguity of uh, sort of the, your moral compass. Right on. And they kind of offer her some freedom that she might not have with the Avengers because the Avengers, you know, when you got Captain America sitting around, yeah. you feel pretty guilty for, I don't know, like having a cookie. Yeah. Whereas, uh, these guys are maybe Did more. Did you have another videos. cookie? I really want a cookie. I haven't <laughs> eaten lunch, you guys. So a lot of more food references for yep. me. Go on, Ben. 
Okay, that was Black Widow. Oh, one thing I want to touch on in Black Widow is the fact I'm going to give this away is that she has like her fantasy sequence oh, at the yeah. beginning of any like any happy ending. It's her with Matt Murdock, oh. which I think is nice, but also such a slap in the face to like Karen? Hawkeye. Or no, or like I... Hawkeye and Bucky Barnes. Like, uh, like Black Widows had deep personal relationships with a lot of um, other characters. I always thought because I like her and Bucky a lot. Oh, I like her. And I know. Bucky she, too. I know she can't remember that she was with Bucky, but I was still like, oh man, Daredevil always wins. I know. I kind of thought that was an interesting choice too, and I was like, he's got a girlfriend. It, yeah. Oh, I wasn't that's, thinking of that's that. That's what I thought about. Yeah. I was like, you what came are at you... it from the from the female perspective. I did. I was like, he's taken girl. Yeah. You need to step away. I, mean, I was being protective of Bucky, I'm like, oh, he's her true love. Oh, what a guy. Yeah, it was such a guy thing to do. Um, <laughs> speaking of guy things, not at all, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 26, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Valerio Skitty, another Black Vortex followed issue. If you recall, before the Black Vortex nonsense went down, uh, Peter Quill got elected king of Spartax, president, president. of Spartax. All right, so he's going to be a Surprise. president, not a king. So... <laughs> In this, he and Kitty are taking care of the thing that they did at the end of Black Vortex that we're not going to talk about uh, with the other Guardians, and people from Spartax come by and say, hey, by the way, you're our president now. We need you back on the planet. So this is a fun issue of Peter and the other Guardians getting reacclimated to Spartax, which they just saved, by the way, um, and figuring out, you know, is Peter going to be president? Is this a good idea? Is it a terrible idea? Bendis has some fun with it, especially with Drax, his reactions, Rocket, his reactions. The president's cabinet. <laughs> yeah, how he basically builds this up. Uh, Kitty's got a great role. All the Guardians get good lines and good actions here. And uh, the ending is terrible for everybody, and it's going to lead into uh, a larger event that yes. you may have heard about that we have coming up. And which I believe we talk about in my interview with Sam Humphreys. Oh my God. The is, Watcher. Was that on Marvel's The Watcher this <laughs> that week? That is on Marvel's The Watcher this week. Tremendous. It's, um, hashtag Kitty Lord, hashtag Star Cat, hashtag <sighs> Star Cat Lord. Star Cat Lord. I like mm -hmm. that one. Hulk number 15, written by Jerry Duggan, art by Mark Bagley. This is the penultimate chapter of the Omega Hulk. It's the penultimate issue of this series. It is the final Hulk story before we head into Secret Wars, and it is Green Hulk, Doc Green, and Red Hulk, uh, General Ross, finally going at it. No holds barred, mano a mano, pulling out all the stops. I have spoken multiple times about how much I love Mark Bagley's work on this book and this issue with minimal dialogue. I mean, Jerry does his thing. He earns his paycheck, but um, there's a lot of double-page spreads, a lot of splash pages, just a chance for Bagley to really cut loose, and Bagley is you know, one of the best of all time. So him getting a chance to draw a big old Hulk versus Hulk fight that he's been building up for you know 14 issues now, awesome. The result, surprising. The aftermath, even more so. And we're going to wrap all this up next issue in Hulk number 16. Bada bing. Next up, Inhuman <laughs> Special number one. <laughs> See, I can't take when Ben laughs at me because then I laugh. I'm laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Mm, it's a fine line. By <laughs> Jeff Loveness and Ryan Lee. This is a really, really cool inhuman tie-in. Of course, Amazing Spider-Man is there. We have these folks from uh, the, the Airy folks. Uh, and this is, is a really interesting story. We see some new inhumans teamed up with Spider-Man. We also see a real delve into the story of Red Raven, an old hero. Yeah. 
who is back. It really goes into explaining his origin story in a new and exciting and interesting way. If you're unfamiliar, it'll be fun. If you are familiar, it'll be fun. You're making it sound really fun. It will it be fun. It was fun. Oh, I, hey. You will have fun. I, wait, let me do it again. If you, if you like him, it'll be fun. If you don't like him, too bad. It's still going to be fun. Deal with it. Is that better? Yep, much better. No, much okay. Better. Yeah. Well, at least I can take notes, guys. Um, <laughs> um, but I think my favorite part of this issue is just seeing Spider-Man dealing with these inhuman students. He's trying to save them. He's They're trying to sort of navigate these wilds, and they don't know what the heck they're doing. And, of course, Spider-Man is terrible. Peter Parker is mm -hmm. terrible at dealing with problems. So it's just him sort of having a wow. Down. Yeah. Throwing the shade on Spider-Man. I love Headline, him. Lorraine Sink hates Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, God, don't tell yeah. Dan Slott. Yeah. No, I, I, I love this. And, too, it even kind of delves into some of the psychology of why Spider-Man is always joking around. Where they're mm. kind of like, hey, dude, not a time for a joke. And he's yeah. like, this is how I function in conflict. <laughs> this is how I cope. Uh, so uh, this is very fun. Pick it up. Yeah, there was a really nice contrast between Jeff Levnus is a very funny writer, um, mm -hmm. and he wrote the comedy of the Spider-Man stuff, and then the horrible tragedy of the Red Raven stuff, and they were oh, right yeah. next to each other, and it really played off each other well. And also, I'd like to mention the art by uh, Ryan Lee, because yep. it's something that you don't see a lot. I mean, I think he has a much grittier, you know, kind of, kind of look, and, you know, it's not the kind of art. It's very pretty, but it's not... Pretty in the way Phil Noto mm -hmm. is pretty, where it's like painterly. So He's so pretty. So pretty. It's it's very gritty. Right. It's got some nice uh, kind of chalky lines. It's really fun. Yeah, pretty and gritty. Pretty and gritty. More of an Alex Lopez type of pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number three is an all ages comic based on the new series coming soon to Disney XD. We got two stories in here, both given a bit of a Drax spotlight. Um, Paul Elor and Adam Archer bring us the first one, and then Joe Caramagna adapts the animated short Drax. Aw, shucks. Uh, next up, Star Wars number four by Jason Aaron with art by John Cassidy. Right off the sorry, I, I, think I, we, really I, think, I think we get sued if you hum that. So uh, thanks. Um, or if we have sorry. to pay for it. There this, was something melodic in my throat. This just became the most expensive <laughs> episode of This Week in Marvel ever. Oh, I really thought I was able to do that. Well, you probably can. I don't know. Uh, let's hope so. So let's just say Star Wars number four by Jason Aaron with art by John Cassidy. Uh, so this issue starts off, I like to think of it as kind of a love story between Lord Vader and Jabba the Hutt. No? Yeah, yeah, no, I think right? that's accurate. I, I'm going to start shipping them real fast. Is that weird? No. No. Dar Dar I want to see Darth them like Jabba? Darth, Darth Jabba. Mm. Uh, no, Darth the Hutt. Yeah, no, I feel like if you put Darth in, that makes him like a Sith Lord. So oh, it's yeah, no, be, yeah, good call. Be Vader, Vader the Hutt. Vader Hutt. Hut. Vader Hut sounds like an awesome <laughs> restaurant. Do that one. Vader Hut it is. Yeah. You guys, hashtag Vader Hut. Mm. So you see uh, Vader is going to visit Jabba the Hut to ask him for some resources. And by ask him, he, we mean tell him. They get to spend some bro time just mm. catching up, getting to know each other, love and love. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, we revisit the Rebels. And they're not doing so great. They got pretty banged up in their last adventure, as you know. So they are trying to regroup and see what the next step is going to be. And let's just say not everybody is super stoked about having more adventures. I just shook my head now, which you guys nope. can't see. 
And also, I love I love the art in these books. I really love what John Cassidy is doing with Star Wars. It looks it's yeah. oh, it's just really beautiful. So the end, not pretty, beautiful. We've got all these different arrays so, of kinds of art: pretty, so gritty, and beautiful. Oh my god! Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number four, written by Ryan North, art by Erica Henderson and Rico Renzi. Uh, right off the bat, this beautiful eight bit cover. Like based on would that be eight bit or sixteen bit? What does it look like to you, Lorraine? Uh, it looks like you, sixteen bit yeah, to me. Eight bit would be a little more pixelated. Much more pixelated. Alex, you don't know what we're talking about. You He's probably too uh, young. 132 so young. bit was the first one you experienced. <laughs> um, so it's it's Squirrel Girl versus Galactus. This is cool sixteen bit cover that Erica Henderson did. Then the first page oh the first page is the recap page. That's really funny. It's like a Twitter substitute with Galactus and Squirrel Girl and Iron Man and Nancy and Whiplash. Then the first page is uh, Squirrel Girl having beating Galactus. Then it says the end and then we go to the letters page. Not (laughs) even joking. But then Squirrel Girl goes, "Ah, I guess we should probably flash back and say I did this. It's incredible. It's this great combination of Squirrel Girl explaining how she defeated Galactus and it's not through fighting, although she tries fighting, but it's through bonding with him, and they just have this awesome conversation, <laughs> and they become friends. And she says the best catchphrase It's true. Ever. Uh, it's very Roddy Piper, if you guys have seen They Live. Um, but yeah, oh my God, Galactus, like you've never yeah. seen him before, <laughs> just being funny and smart and clever and explaining himself and making jokes. I love it so yeah, much. I'm just going to say this right now. He calls Thanos a tool. He calls Thanos a tool. <laughs> there's this beautiful there's this beautiful page by Erica and Rico that is just this silhouetted, melancholy Galactus all in like dark looking at the earth with Squirrel Girl sitting on his shoulder. Uh, the relationship Tippy Toe and Galactus have is fabulous. And then the way Squirrel Girl ultimately does have to defeat him takes some thinking. And then it's a twist when you get back to where we left off from the first page. There's a twist. And even then, the final page where she goes back to Earth, she has like a big thing with Nancy. And oh my God, the, the bottom notes are the, at their best. This is a fantastic issue of an amazing series. It's so good. The art. The humor, the pathos, the writing, the the squirrels of it all. It's brilliant. I think it really is all said in the title. It's unbeatable. It is unbeatable. Well, we'll see. I guess. All right. Closing it out. (laughs) Close this out, Alex. Wolverine's number 15 by Ray Fox and art by Juan Doe. This picks up after last issue. You got X-23. I like how you always say this picks up after last I, issue. I like letting them know, yeah. you know, just in case. Yeah. Like, if it's, sometimes it's a standalone, you know? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> exactly. Oh, burn. Yeah, he burned me. <laughs> anyway. So X-23 and Dokken are fighting Siphon. You got Blade fighting vampires somewhere towards the end of the fight. Mystique and the rest of the team show up. Dokken kind of starts to question. He's like, how did you find me? He starts getting on to, you know, maybe Mystique has all, uh, ulterior motives, and at the end of the no, issue... No, not Mystique. Not, yeah, not Mystique. At, I find her trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the issue, we have one character who calls Mystique out on it. Oh! Snap! <laughs> Alright, guys, that are that are the comics for that, that week. Uh, what do you guys got for your Tome of the Week picks? Alex? I'm gonna go from Beatable Squirrel Girl. Oh, my God, you yeah. stole mine. I know. You I son of a... So funny. I'm, I I kind of am tempted, but I'm going to go with Black Vortex okay. Omega number one because hashtag Kitty Lord, <laughs> Star Cat, Kitty Star mm. Cat, ho- Lord, Lord, Horde, 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 <laughs> Horde, no, no Horde. No, no, no. Um, 
because you picked Squirrel Girl and it's already represented, that gives me a chance to throw some love to Inhuman Special. I thought that was awesome. It was very funny and very sad, which are my two favorite things. It's just like Ben. <laughs> just funny, me. Funny, but, a little but sad. there's a hint of sadness yeah. underneath. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we're going to break from format a little. We're going to shoot over to whoever's on the West Coast now so Lorraine can go do all the busy stuff she has to do. I'm so busy. Lorraine, thank you for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to join us. Oh, my God, thank you guys so much for having me. And, you guys, you should watch The Watcher with Stan Humphreys talking about... Stan Humphreys? <laughs> Stan Humphreys. I Sam. Ooh. All right, we'll be right back. West Coasters, <laughs> take, this, take this baton. Hello there, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Stromy. And not only do you get the Wolfman and Stromy, you get a special guest in the form of... Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M. You weren't on the podcast, uh, the other podcast this week, were you? The normal episode? Yes. The full episode? The yes. real part of this week of Marvel. The other three hours of the, this podcast? The proper section of the show? The, the, the show of which we our bit constitutes 7%. Yes. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Because you were out here with me at the Ultimate Marvel Movie Merit... What was it called? <laughs> The Ultimate Marvel Movie Marathon, but oh. this one was presented by Nerdist at the El Capitan. Yes, which was fun. It was actually a great time. We got to meet a lot of fans. We uh, spent 30 hours seated in the theater. We got to see not only all 10 previously released uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe films, starting all the way back with Iron Man, but we also got to see uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. I know it was your first time seeing the finished product. Yes, I, I had seen a cut about six weeks ago, and it looked great, but didn't have all the effects in or all the sound. So seeing a finished version of the film, especially with the most hardcore fans, was pretty great. These guys were pretty hardcore. And it was fun, too, like seeing it with everyone, because like I'd never seen... Uh, I mean, I've only ever really seen like Marvel movies like with general audiences or at premieres, and of course, you know, there are fans at the premieres and everything, but it's a lot more like, uh, you know, people who have worked on the film, people, you know, who the uh, bourgeoisie, the, if you will, the the bourgeoisie of the film set, yes, but no, and you know, they're obviously into it, but it's a very different uh, tenor to be saying in the middle of an audience with so many like hardcore fans that will just like erupt into applause at like awesome moments. Um, I remember especially Guardians of the Galaxy got a lot of that. Yeah, I was telling um, some of the producers from our movies just a little while ago, uh, Jeremy Latcham, uh, Jonathan Schwartz, and Stephen Broussard, uh, that there's one character who shows up in Marvel's Captain America the Winter Soldier. And uh, is a great character, has, you know, has a, a, a part in that movie, then makes an appearance in uh, Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron. And everyone in the room went nuts for that. Right. Uh, you and I both, we were like, we were like, oh. first, then I had to tell you because you were half asleep, crazy out of your mind at that point. I wasn't like half asleep. I was like 90% asleep. You're, you're talking point. about Captain America, aren't you? you oh, you know, oh, oops. you know who Captain America is? Yeah. I wasn't sure. I was trying to be vague about it because I wasn't <laughs> sure. Patrick, that's actually kind of a spoiler that Captain America is in the Avengers. I was just so excited. That's kind of a spoiler. Blake, uh, we're going to edit uh, Patrick spoiling that Captain America is in the Avengers. Does anyone out. know who Blake is? <laughs> Yeah, sure. They know Blake. Oh, yeah. We talked about Blake was a mainstay on this podcast well really? before you came along, sir. 
Anything before me doesn't matter. How dare you, sir? And also, Blake hosts almost half the podcast that we do because he does the .5 episodes. All I'm thinking about is we have Ryan Panagos drop by one episode, and he's already making it exponentially longer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. Con- you know, it's constantly just t- you guys tighten it up. Tighten that's it up. They, that's why they call me the fixer, because I fix things. <laughs> what we are do, you fixing? We do, we do get the note every now and then from, like, Blake or you or Ben, like, hey, guys, could you, could you keep your, your thing really concise? And we're like, we're already, like, at, like, seven minutes max. <laughs> like, how much? You're right. I'm just you're going right. rem- to remember this moment anytime uh, we, we get the, the memo of, hey, tighten it up. That he drops by. And I mean, he's bringing the this quality is a special info. Event, Absolutely, yeah. This is going to so, be builds a special event. Yeah. On well, the well, well, but Patrick, what you don't understand is, is the main bit is actually only thirty-five minutes this week because Ryan wasn't there. Ooh, good so, point. So we're actually just beefing up this one to make up for time. I, I actually would say that between Ben and Alex doing the podcast, it's probably like twenty minutes longer. Uh, I think. Because they'll just be so excited to not have me reining them in and, and putting the, the bolts to it. What I really want to know is when do we start recording? <laughs> Strami's barely holding it together. This is I'm amazing. Bar- I'm still just like, oh my god, I'm so a little sleep deprived. So, all right, do we have anything to talk about? We do. Before we get to that, a uh, little, little how the sausage is made. You guys have uh, pads here with you know some notes scrolled on them. There's this tiny little yellow pad in front of Patrick and Strami's horrible chicken scratch giant legal pad that <laughs> I don't know how you make any sense of what's going on on that on that paper. Well, okay, so see, like r- this section right here are the notes of things I need to do on different days, and this the, how was something for day? something. It's just, there's no. I'm pretty I, sure. I remember. I'm pretty These sure I saw Nicolas Cage trying to track that down in National Treasure. <laughs> These are <laughs> These in this weird corner. That's what like, it looks like. Written at different like slant than everything else. These are notes for Blake for editing, and these are notes for what I'm talking about here. Okay. It really does look like someone just vomited red ink onto a pad of paper. Ugh. Uh, disgusting. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> um, what, what do we have to... All right, well, aside from the Marvel Movie Marathon, keeping on the uh, movie side of things, uh, this week we announced uh, the writers of Marvel's Captain Marvel. It will be co-written by Nicole Perlman and Meg LaFauve. Uh, Nicole, fans may remember, uh, co-wrote the screenplay for... Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Meg uh, most recently co-wrote the screenplay for Inside Out, which is uh, Pixar's next original film that I am very excited for. It comes on like two months or so. Patrick, did you talk about our escapades at Pixar headquarters? That's a negative. I I don't believe, because uh, Mr. Strombo over here was out of the office. He actually recorded his segment without me Ooh, a couple so weeks ago. you got ago. excluded. Yeah, Patrick and I went to Pixar headquarters with Blake. Oh, I know that guy. Uh, we went there, and we got to tour the studio, and we saw a bunch of really cool stuff for Inside Out, which I didn't know about the, this deal, this, uh, this writing deal for her at the right, time. Right. So, like, I was really excited about Inside Out before. Now I'm extra excited about it because, like, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out and what uh, what it's going to be like. 
what I'm most excited about uh, Marvel's Captain Marvel 4 is, <laughs> I'm not sure that's grammatically correct. I just like that this film is Marvel's most palindromic title because it's Marvel's Captain Marvel. It's essentially backwards and forwards, the same thing. Well, no, because backwards would be Marvel Captain Marvels. It's, who's, who has, it, who's paying attention to that? Well, obviously me. Well, what else you got for us, Strami? <laughs> um, I, what, uh, you, you posted some stuff for Age of Ultron this week, didn't you? Well, I've posted a few things for Age of Ultron. We uh, got to see photos from different press events and fan events and premieres from the UK, from China, from Korea, all sorts of different uh, stuff with the, the stars and Joss were attending all these different functions. Earlier this week, we posted a listicle, another listicle, featuring another new razor, a conceptual razor by Gillette focused on Captain America. Reminder, that razor is not for sale. It is make-believe, it is fairy tales. Not fairy tales, we don't do fairy tales here at Marvel. More in the metaphorical sense, right? That listicle is a, is a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, we also... I have no idea where you were going with that. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have no idea either. Okay, great. I was just telling tales out of school. Uh, also, uh, if you live in Southern California, specifically Los Angeles, the city of Angles, later <laughs> this week you'll be able to see the debut at Hero Complex Gallery in Los Angeles, where we have all sorts of exclusive art for Marvel's Avengers Age of Ultron. And that opens the 24th, Friday the 24th, and then runs for, I believe, a couple of weeks. I'm not sure the dates off the top of my head or the hours of Hero Complex. But if you go on marvel.com, you'll be able to see how long that's running, see names of some of the different artists contributing art. And I've seen some of the art. It's really cool. Just more inside how the sausage is made, uh, that entire bit, it basically involved me and Ryan just staring at Patrick's who are cockeyed, just watching the train wreck happen. Really going off the rails here. Yeah, damn it, I was going to say, that went off the rails <laughs> instantly. Yeah, absolutely. As, as soon as it went to, and Patrick, do you have anything for us? Just instantly. <laughs> Oh, jumping back on the rails. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we had an all-new episode this week, uh, which featured the return of Ward, return of Deathlock, Coulson, and uh, Fitz, and uh, uh, Hunter had to team up with Ward. And a visit to Milwaukee. A a visit visit to Milwaukee, yes. That's not how you say it. Eh. This guy, oh my God. Oh, boy. You need to brush up on your Algonquin linguistics. <laughs> he still doesn't get it. So no, I, I, it's a Range World reference. Oh, Evidently, Twitter, Twitter tells me. World, <laughs> when, he, because he was thinking of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Reyna was on his Brayna. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, we had an all-new uh, episode. We've got an all new, another all-new one. Next week, uh, Tuesday, 9, 8 central on ABC, uh, in which uh, the original team is back together again. And I'm really excited for that one. And we had a new This Week in Marvel's Agent Shield podcast this week, uh, as the title would imply. 
we chatted with a couple of the uh, makeup folks, the uh, woman who is in charge of makeup for the series, and then the uh, man who is in charge of the special effects makeup, including all the prosthetics, like Raina's weird, like, naily face, and uh, Gordon's weird, like, huge forehead, no eyes, get up, um, Deathlock's burns, Jaying uh, scars, all that type of stuff. You can find out how all that happens. Go download it now on iTunes or Marvel.com. And we also chatted with the series executive producer Jed Whedon uh, in a written interview, talking about the connectivity that's coming up between Marvel's Agents of Shield and Marvel's Avengers: Age of Ultron. Because, as we like to remind everyone all the time, it is all connected. So you will be seeing both some of the lead-up to and fallout from Avengers Age of Ultron in the series in the coming weeks. But I can't really get too much more specific than that. Other than I can say that Kobe Smulders will be returning as Maria Hill in an upcoming episode. Um, oh, and you know what? We had more, dare, more uh, TV news because as Ryan and I were sitting in the El Capitan Theater, we learned that Marvel's Daredevil is getting a season two next year in 2016, only on Netflix, of course. We also announced that uh, due to uh, some prior commitments, uh, the previous executive producer and showrunner, Stephen S. DeKnight, uh, will not be able to return for this one, but two of his closest collaborators on the first season, Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez, will be stepping in as executive producers and showrunners. Uh, I know those guys and their work. They do really, really phenomenal work. I'm super excited to see what they come up with for the second season. And you all will get to see it in 2016. I don't know. Does anyone else have anyone? Does anyone else have anything else? No, but I have someone else. No, I'm just kidding. What? He, he said, does anyone have anyone else? <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Did you talk about me on the Wacker section? Yeah, generally. By the way, we should mention for the listener, this is the first time Ryan has ever listened to what Strami and I have to say. <laughs> and that's only because he's forced to, because yeah. we we're sitting right next to him. Look, I have to do a lot of Marvel stuff every week. you got to find places to, you know... Cut corners. Cut corners. Also, I trust both of you totally. Those. Wow, that is a lie. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Fortunately, it's not. Well, really, really, he trusts me and that I will police you in if there's any, any real... And I'm still on the probationary period. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not even a year yet. Uh, but speaking of Stephen Wacker, in just a few moments, you'll hear myself and Stephen Wacker talking a little bit about what's coming this week in Marvel Animation. This Sunday at 8.30 a.m., you will see a brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble, uh, and it involves a cameo by a certain hero who you might see in a Marvel Studios film in the coming weeks slash months. And I'm not going to spoil who that hero could be because I'm going to force you to listen for just a few more minutes. You really aren't going to have to wait that long to find out. We also don't, isn't the marathon coming up too next Tuesday? That it's almost like I looked over at you to have you ask me about that because that was the very next thing I was going to bring up because Tuesday, April 28th, 
Starting at 7 p.m., you will get to see the, at that point, three previously aired episodes of Marvel's Avengers Assemble that are in that Ultron arc. And then at 8.30 p.m. on Disney XD, you will see the, uh, the last episode of that arc. So you'll get to see a, a pretty big confrontation with Ultron. So, so keep that on your radar. Who's Ultron? Ultron, uh, he's this, I call him a, a bad boy. He's a robot, robotics. He wears a leather jacket, like okay. all he's, bad boys do. He's, okay. he's an automaton. Okay, all right. This sounds like I might be interested. I should do some research on this character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how much wrestling do you guys generally talk on this section of the podcast? Oh, boy. I feel a plug coming on. Uh, we, well, we don't talk much wrestling, but we do a lot of wrestling. Nope, no. Every now and then. Absolutely not. Every, every now single now time, Mark says, every, now it's time for the wrestling portion, and I throw the microphone down like me and Gene Ockerland and storm out of here. <laughs> Very good. Um, if you have WWE Network... You guys can tune in, check out uh, a new show that they're doing called Culture Shock by a former podcast guest, uh, or he, I, he, he's a podcast guest on the show, uh, Corey Graves from WWE, who's a former wrestler, now commentator, uh, but also co-starring yours truly. Well, I shouldn't say co-starring. I just sort of walk around with him, and I'm in it like little bits and pieces. Get guest starring. Yeah, guest starring me, uh, Marvel Headquarters. Uh, some of our editors, including John Moison, uh, Axel Alonso, our editor-in-chief. Um, we you know, go a little behind the scenes at Marvel Headquarters uh, for WWE. And it, I watched the episode. It looked really cool. Uh, so if you have the network, check it out. It's called Culture Shock. All right. Well, you all do that. In the meantime, uh, as always, we're going to kick it over to uh, Patrick and uh, Wacker for what I like to call the uh, Wacker and the Wolfman segment. Patchwack? Pat. Ooh, Patrick, that's, that's going to stay. Um, in the meantime, thank you all for listening, as always, to our shenanigans. Uh, I wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous-er week. This is normal? Oh, yes. every time. <laughs> uh, and he keeps looking at me thinking I'm going to contribute some sort of catchphrase, <laughs> well, <laughs> and I just sit here quietly letting him drown. We, we will talk to you again in seven more days, and as always, remember to drink your Ovaltine. What is going on? Good afternoon, everybody out there listening to this podcast. Good afternoon, everybody out there listening to this podcast. My name is Pete, and I've got with me Repeat. Get it? There's an echo. There's Oh, that's what that was, echo. No, no, I'm just goofing around. I'm just telling tales out of school. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh, and I'm joined by... Uh, Stephen Wacker from Marvel Animation. Not... Pete, nor is he repeat. He's Stephen Wacker. That's right. And Stephen, you have brought us a special guest. Yes, I like to uh, uh, bring the uh, Marvel fans, uh, people from around the Marvel building who uh, work on our show. And this time out, we have uh, Kerry Rosenberg, who is a uh, manager in Marvel Animation, and she's been working on uh, Avengers. She joined us last year from... Uh, Disney Animation. From Disney Animation. Disney what, animation. what were you doing there? Uh, making feature films. Just la di da. Just single-handedly <laughs> making feature films. Yeah. yeah. Wow. She had her own department, just making feature films. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I didn't work on that one. Oh. <laughs> no. Did you do uh, Pinocchio? 
I'm no, I'm too yeah. young for that. Too young. Uh, but tell uh, the folks at Podcast Land some of the stuff you worked on there. I worked on the Planes movies and the Tinkerbell movies. Awesome. So we stole her, brought her over here, and uh, Carrie's been working on, geez, all of our shows, I guess, at this point. Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers, some Guardians, mm -hmm. too. And then uh, Carrie's job, a lot of it, is dealing with the writers. Yeah. Ugh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Patrick does not like writers. <laughs> writers. I'm, I'm walking. You two enjoy the podcast. I got to go. All right, Patrick's gone. Isn't he a jerk? <laughs> Um, and so tell us a little bit about, about that. Is it giving the notes? You have to meet people, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, it's a lot of creative notes, a lot of reading, constant turnover of scripts. Just got three new outlines today um, from our Avengers se season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, were you... Season's greetings, you have, what you're saying. You came, I don't think I'm speaking out of school, you came without a huge background in uh, the Marvel characters. Yeah. Um, so you've had to do your... Do diligence in terms of homework, yeah. your comic book homework. A lot. Constantly on Marvel Wiki and uh, trying to buy all the new comic books that are, we're going to be working on and reading those. So may, if it's not too much of a spoiler, why don't you tell people what you've been reading? Doesn't necessarily mean we have plans, but stuff you've been... Can I do that? Yeah, why not? Okay. Doesn't mean we're doing anything. There's a lot of stuff you've read that we have no plans Fair on do, doing anything. Um, let's see. Uh, Thanos, uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. That was probably my first one. Um, and then currently I'm reading... Oh, you jumped right into the deep end of the pool then. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. I was told to. That's so. a lot of kids. <laughs> that's there. what I... That's right. You was I'm acting surprised, but that's because it's acting. <laughs> um, I'm reading Spider-Gwen and Clone Saga for Spider-Man. Um, what else? I have so much lined up. I Do you ever read any books that I edited? Any... Uh... Amazing Spider-Man, or Daredevil, or Hawkeye, or Scroll Kill Crew, anything like that? Uh, I read all the notes you give on our scripts. Oh, great. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Carrie's been helping, uh, particularly on Avengers, which we're talking about today, because we've got a new episode. That, that's right. So, uh, this Sunday at 8.30 a.m., we have a brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Assemble. This continues the Ultron arc. So why don't you tell us what we can expect this Sunday, Carrie, um, in the episode entitled "Small Time Heroes." Entitled "Small Time Heroes," that well, is correct. We're, we're gonna see, I think, for the first time on the series, a uh, Marvel character who uh, debuts in a feature film this sum summer, a film that's not Avengers. Should we give that away? I think we can give it away. <laughs> it's in the episode description online. <laughs> Um, we're going to meet Ant-Man as he battles a giant MODOK. Oh, what'd you give that oh, away what? for? Why are you talking so much? <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so this is exciting. The Ant-Man arc uh, is very important for the Avengers the rest of the season. Uh, his appearance is a real game changer. Um, I love that we were able to get this you know, near the time of the, the movie coming out because everyone's so excited about the new uh, trailer on the feature side. Um, so this is, uh, this is an important part of the Ultron arc. And uh, with Ant-Man, with the way, uh, the way we're presenting him, maybe not everything is what it seems to be. So there's a lot to uh, uncover there. And kudos again to Marvel Animation for uh, starting the trend of, you know what? 
let's toss Ant-Man in an episode, and then Marvel Studios riding your coattails and saying, oh, well, let's, we should just make a movie about this guy, man. We'll make an Avengers show, and next thing you know. Oh, man. So congratulations. Thank you. To, uh, so we've got that new episode Sunday, and this Tuesday, which is April of a week from now, which is 28th, the 28th. Uh, if you tune in to Disney XD, you will see a four-part marathon featuring uh, three episodes from this Ultron arc that you've seen before. That starts at 7 p.m. on Disney XD. And then at 8.30, it will be a new episode. Uh, so what can you guys tell us about that new episode, which uh, I believe has some of the the fallout from some frustrations between some of the yeah, team members? This one... This one uh by uh, Paul Giacopo, is uh, uh, called Secret Avengers. Ooh. If there's any comic book fans listening to this podcast, no. which I can't fathom. No, no, no. Uh, it's mostly businessmen. And, Absolutely. Uh, 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 the Secret Avengers are uh, uh, an offshoot of the Ave- Avengers working in secret. We're going to see uh, the debut of the Winter Guard, uh, some longtime uh, uh, Marvel villains. Um and it's the next chapter of the Ultron arc. It all ties into the Ultron arc. It's, it's all very, very important for us, particularly since Ultron's in a mo- movie. Wonder where they I'm, got that idea. Oh, man. Not Marvel <laughs> Studios. And, um, uh, Carrie, you've been spoiling things this entire uh, podcast. So given your history with, with Disney, will we see any planes in these upcoming episodes? Yes, there will be planes. It has been confirmed. Yeah, that's, a, that's her you, influence. You, you heard it here first. Having airplanes. Planes will be involved in Marvel's Avengers Assemble. Not planes, but planes. Planes, yeah. see how I'm making the distinction? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, for the listener, you can't tell what he is gesticulating as he Ew. is saying planes. Well, that's just a fancy word. All right. All right. So where's Ryan? Ryan Panagos is currently dealing with the aftermath of seeing 12... Marvel Studios films in a row at the uh, El Capitan, El Capitan, El Cap Theater. Giacopo. Giacopo. Yes, they showed all twelve and or all eleven, and then followed that with Avengers: Age of Ultron. Wow. One of, one of those movies based on a Marvel animation That's story. Right. That's right. Well, Carrie, thank you for stopping by and chatting with us, Steve. You're, Steven. You're, Steven, you're kind of obligated to be here. Yes, I am. It's, it's part of my part contract. Of your contract. Uh, but thank you. But nothing could make me happier. Thank you, nonetheless. I take time out every single week out of my busy schedule to sit with you for a longer and longer amount of time each week. Every <laughs> single time. Uh, and make sure you're tuning in to uh, this Sunday, 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD. We've also got uh, some Spider-Verse action in there, too, in the Marvel block. Oh, nice. We've got some, uh, some Hulk, so it's going to be a good Sunday morning. And then tune in to the marathon Tuesday, the 28th of April, for four episodes back to Pour back to back cereal. to back. It's at night, but you can still have cereal. You can have for... cereal at night? Absolutely. Hello, that's, pal. That's what I do most nights. <laughs> you so... don't get to look like this without eating cereal at night. Well, yes. So pour yourself some cereal, and at 8.30 p.m. You know on the 28th. Eating cereal at night. Absolutely. He loves cereal. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Okay. We are back, and actually, it is just me. I am back. Ben here, solo. The reason for that is yesterday, uh, which would be 
Wednesday. Alex and I recorded this whole second section of the podcast, but as it sometimes does, technology failed us. So I am back. It is Thursday, and we've got to get this out the door, so I'm going to be doing this solo and going through kind of as quickly as I can. Don't worry, I'm still going to get to all you guys' tweets, and I will give answers, but get used to hearing my voice for the second half of this podcast. All right, let's dive into it. Collections on sale this week. In print, we got Hulk Future Imperfect, Loki Agent of Asgard Volume 2, I Cannot Tell a Lie, Spider-Man The Complete Alien Costume Saga Volume 2, Superior Iron Man Volume 1, Infamous, Vision, Yesterday and Tomorrow, and Wolverine's Volume 1, Dancing with the Devil. Digital comics on the Marvel Comics app this week include everything we covered in the first half of the podcast with the exception of Avengers Millennium and Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy. However, Avengers Magazine and Avengers Versus Number 3 will both be on the app. Also on the app, Amazing Spider-Man issues 259 through 263 of the original volume, Marvel Team-Up 146 through 150, also of the original volume, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 96 through 100, once again, original volume, and the first ever Web of Spider-Man issue number one from 1985. Collections on the app are Avengers AI, Volume 2, 12,000 AD, Avengers Assemble, The Forgeries of Jealousy, Hulk, Future Imperfect, Loki, Agent of Asgard, Volume 2, I Cannot Tell a Lie, Revolutionary War, Spider-Man, The Complete Alien Costume Saga, Book 2, Superior Iron Man, Volume 1, Infamous, Superior Spider-Man Team-Up Volume 2, Superior 6, What If Age of Ultron, Wolverine's Volume 1, Dancing with the Devil. Now, freshly digitized over on Marvel Unlimited, we've got All-New Ghost Rider number 8, All-New Invaders number 11, All-New X-Factor number 15, Amazing Spider-Man number 8, Amazing X-Men number 12, Avengers number 37, Avengers and X-Men Axis number 3, Axis Hobgoblin number 1, Cyclops number 6, Daredevil issues 266 through 271, as well as 273 from the original 1963 series. Deadpool number 36. Death of Wolverine, The Logan Legacy number 2. New Avengers number 25. New Warriors number 11. Original Sin Annual number 1. Spider-Man 2099 number 5. Storm number 4. Superior Foes of Spider-Man number 16. Uncanny X-Men, number 27, Wolverine the X-Men, number 10, and X-Men Gold, number 1. Comics news this week. We have got two kinds of wars for you to pick from. First of all, Star Wars. A lot of news on that front. We're going to be getting a Lando Calrissian limited series called Lando. It's five issues. It's going to be written by Charles Soule, art by Alex Maleev. It is set as all the Star Wars books are in the past uh, during the original trilogy. You are going to learn things about Lando you didn't know before. You're going to get some of his backstory. should be very exciting. Also, we announced uh, during Star Wars Celebration that we are going to be doing lead-in comics to the big Star Wars The Force Awakens movie that's coming in December that everyone's super excited about. We will have a lead-in comic called Shattered Empire. It's going to be written by Greg Rucka, drawn by his old Punisher artistic collaborator Marco Cicchetto. And they're going to cover some of the events between the uh, last trilogy and uh, what happens before The Force Awakens. So that's huge, huge stuff. Secret Wars, we've got a ton of stuff to get you guys ready. Uh, we've got Great lists uh, on Master of Kung Fu, covering some of the big martial artists, Ultimate End, going over the pivotal moments of the Ultimate Universe, A-Force, breaking down some of the characters in that. Additionally, Cullen Bunn from Magneto and Deadpool's Secret Secret Wars joined us for a live chat 
over earlier this week that you can replay. And I broke down these stories so far for Magneto so you can be ready for that book's last day's tie-in. Games, we've got a lot of news there, particularly in terms of Age of Ultron. Uh, Age of Ultron is coming to or has already come to Avengers Alliance, to Marvel Puzzle Quest, to Contested Champions, and there are going to be more games that are going to have some cool Ultron stuff. I just played it on uh, Contested Champions this morning on the ride-in, and it's their application is really neat. The whole game has changed visually. Uh, Black Widow is now available. She's awesome. There's going to be more characters available, too. Lots of Hulkbusters across all our games, so that's neat. Spider-Man Unlimited, Spider-Verse event concluded. There's a community vote for the next Spider-Hero. And there's also an Earth Day event that I believe is still going on, and it's uh, pretty neat. Marvel Mighty Heroes, a new mission event kicked off, and that is Reign of Chaos, which debuts Ronan the Accuser into the game. Also features Black Bolt and Star-Lord, but you can get Ronan as a playable character. That is the news. Uh, lots of big stuff was covered, I am sure, by my West Coast brethren. But let's hear what you guys had to say. I'm going to go through your tweets again. It's just me, so uh, I will try not to shortchange anybody, but uh, my voice only goes so far. Here we go. Agent Twim, I just realized why Earth is the point of all the incursions. Hitchhiker's Guide explanation. Beyonders created Earth as a machine to discover the meaning of life, and when they realize they don't know the question, they destroy Cool Hitchhiker's reference there, Agent Twim. I dig it. Uh, also, I'm so confused. Why did Thor not have Mjolnir when he fought Apocalypse in 1018 AD in Uncanny Avengers? Uh, simple explanation. Thor had not proven worthy of Mjolnir yet. If you read some of Jason Aaron's Thor, God of Thunder, it took him a long time to prove worthy of Mjolnir. He had kind of a misspent youth. He had his flaws. He was very angry. He was very arrogant. So he used the axe Jarnbjorn, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly, until he was able to wield Mjolnir, which was a development that happened down the line. So when he fought Apocalypse, did not have the hammer yet, still trying to earn it. Alan Howells, it's Monday night and Thursdays this week in Marvel Podcast, still isn't on iTunes, what gives? Alan, you're the only one who pointed this out to us, so I'm assuming it may have been an issue on your end. Hopefully you eventually got everything. Andrew Dreyer, Thanks, guys, for easing me back into comics, loving Miss Marvel and others, catching up thanks to my bonus. Thanks to the suggestion of Mighty Marvel Heroes. It's fun. It's actually Marvel Mighty Heroes. Uh, playing as ex Nihilo, beating up builders is super cool. Great, man. I'm glad you took our suggestions, and uh, I hope more people get into great games and comics and other stuff that we suggest on the show. Biani, Bayani, Zero, one of those. Wasn't Deadpool cursed with life by Thanos? Yes, that took place in an old issue of Deadpool where basically Thanos did not want Deadpool making time with his lady, Lady Death, so he cursed him to always be alive. Uh, you know, as always, things can happen behind the scenes. This may have been altered, but also if you read the final issue of Deadpool, you know that he did not meet the end a lot of people were predicting, so I'm just going to put that out there and uh, leave it at that. Few from Cade Bengert. Any fellow this week in Marvel Lights going to Calgary Expo, we should meet up for a team picture. Great idea, Cade. Uh, if you guys are going to Calgary Expo, tweet to at Cade Bengert, C-A-D-E-B-E-N-G-E-R-T, and uh, make sure you guys meet up. That'd be really cool. I can't get over the Spider-Man 2099 covers, amazing every month. Yeah, I think those are Alex Garner, does a great job, and if it's not Alex Garner, I apologize to whoever does it. Deadpool 250, that took an unexpected turn, even though I was knew he was going to die, huh? Yes, like I said. So what exactly did Miles Morales do? What was this new power? He's got some sort of energy release power. I think it's still being kind of uh, revealed to him as well as to us, so hopefully we'll see more of that in Ultimate End. 
Avengers versus number one, Art of War, grown, that pun. Seems like a great way to get new young readers into comic books. Yep, Avengers versus by our boy Joe Caramagna. Glad to hear it's going well. Never been a big Hawkeye fan. All new Hawkeye is changing that. So good so far. I would be curious to hear why you're not a Hawkeye fan, Cade. Uh, he's always been one of my favorites, but glad you're enjoying the series. Glob Herman saves the day with his face. boy. Very nice. I knew we couldn't trust the inhuman pretty boy. My Sam Alexander Kamala Khan ship lives on. Uh, great news for you, Cade, but I mean, that, that was rough for Kamala, so hope you, uh, hope you care about her. Carlo M., so envious of all the guys watching Daredevil, what are my options if Netflix is not yet in my country? I'll be honest with you, Carlo, I'm not 100% sure. I do know in a lot of cases where we've run shows like, say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they don't have the network uh, that they're on in other countries, there are definitely options, so I'm sure there's something out there for you. I don't know if it's available yet. Uh, tweet Stromy. He may have a better idea than I do, but good luck. I hope you get to watch it soon. Chris Mullen, I am so jazzed about Secret Wars. Every title sounds awesome. Hashtag time to run out. Great use of jazzed. Please tell me we're getting more Daredevil and Unlimited. There are a lot of missing issues from the first series. Well, as you heard earlier, Chris, we just added some this week, and I'm sure there will be more to come. Corey Monsack, Daredevil Netflix was amazing. It seemed very real. The fight scene at the end of episode two was ridiculously good. Daniel Willis. Nuclear, not nuclear. Thank, hashtag thanks Bush. Okay, that was to me. I'm not sure. So, Gordon from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. showing up in Uncanny Inhumans kills the theories that he's reader and then gives me a little visual evidence. I'm, you know what? That's not necessarily the case because all we know is that there was a character named Gordon that showed up in an Inhuman comic, but TV, cinematic, comics, they're all different things. So something that happens in the comics does not preclude something happening in the TV. Also, Ryan Stegman wrote that story, and he cannot be trusted. Uh, and I will pay good money for a Marvel After Dark podcast with the Wolfman. Terrible idea. DJ Fanko, I want you to know I love what G. Willow Wilson is doing in Miss Marvel and the vibrant energy of Spider-Gwen. There's not enough positivity in the world. These books still retain a beautiful innocence in spite of hard times. Very well said. I know H&M heralded a dark turn for Daredevil, but it didn't make the tough times easy to watch. The cast and filmmakers do their work well, but there were some episodes I kind of wanted cliff notes, not visuals. Hmm. I appreciate the double shot of the Wolfman during the recent episodes of This Week in Marvel. You are the only one. Don't ever change. Hashtag Wolfman Action Man. You got Ultron in my games. The Age of Ultron is truly upon us. Where did Marvel games get in my Age of Ultron? It is a little of both, Dawn. I'm hoping the second season of Daredevil is more of episodes two and nine and less domestic abuse. Hashtag Team Lantom. Emily Bennett, just started listening to This Week in Marvel, and I found Utopia makes my 45-minute drive to and from work so much better. That is awesome. Uh, Utopia may be overreaching a little bit, but hey, you know what? I'm going to take it. Gabe Infinity Watch, I think the time has come for a Crystal and Gambit team-up book. Uh, Gabe, go home. <laughs> Garrett Hatfield, thanks to the podcast, my drives to work improved greatly. Hashtag less road rage. Currently on episode 42. Hashtag way behind. Hashtag catching up. Garrett, catch up, man. You're going to hear yourself mentioned on the air, so keep listening, but enjoy those drives. Grant Gregory, I wish there was an X-Men cartoon on air these days so my kids would love X-Men as much as I do. X-Men series from 92 really made me realize as a kid how awesome female characters can be. Storm, Rogue, forget about it. Grant, uh, I hear you, man. X-Men 92 was my entryway into comics in a lot of ways. I know it was for Ryan as well. Just because there's not a cartoon on the air right now doesn't mean you can't reintroduce your kids to all the great old X-Men shows. You know, X-Men 92, X-Men Evolution, Wolverine and the X-Men. Those are all great, and they still hold up. And I've gone back and watched them, so, you know, no reason no reason to wait. Go now. 
Marvel Unlimited finally put up the last three issues of Seeker the, Seekers of the Weird. My kids and I are so, so happy. Hayden Sane, I'm not sure if this has been explored, but do you think Daredevil experiences more pain than the rest of us? Great question. Uh, probably more of like a Mark Wade question, man. This is even beyond me. But yeah, I mean, I guess his sense of touch is heightened. So does he feel things more? It's never really been shown, but I would imagine at some level he must. So that's a really, really good question. I dig it. Haywood, HWU. Last week, Twin was uncanny in Human Zero, a lot of Black Bolt. And was that Gordon and Ryan Stegman story? We already covered that. And then the Twin of the Week is the Netflix Daredevil. Great, dark, violent, gritty series that leaves you wanting more. And then last week, Twin was Thor 7, a very cool fight between She-Thor and the Destroyer. I'm going to correct you there, Haywood. Uh, her name is Thor, not She-Thor, just Thor. Ming Na Wen was just full of awesomeness on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hashtag Melinda. I agree. She was awesome in the Melinda episode. Whole new level to that character. And good luck to me and Ryan with PvP on Avengers Alliance on this final day. Yeah, we don't even bother anymore, man. We, we, we will never win at PvP again. Henning Mirtens, Wonderful, wonderful job on Daredevil. Perfect first episode. Love every second. Very cool. Imu Abdi, loved Storm number 10. Things are sadly coming to an end. Enjoyed Hickman getting arrested in Miles Morales number 12. All his fault, LOL. And then time travel makes one gay. What a load of horse manure, LMAO. Failed relationships doesn't make Iceman gay. Flimsy premise. Uh, Imu, all I'm going to say is you have read a few pages from a much larger story. Uh, there's a lot more to be told. Brian Bendis has a pretty interesting and I think wonderful plan here. Uh, it's a big story, and I'm going to also say uh, one of my favorite writers of all time, uh, my childhood hero, Fabian Nicieza, put it well on Facebook the other day, basically said, and I'm not accusing anyone of anyone here, but I just liked what he said, so I'm taking the opportunity to say it. I basically said if people don't understand um, a teenager going through a life-changing experience that could make him an outcast, um, and it's hard to go through publicly, I'm paraphrasing, I don't understand why you're an X-Men fan. Basically just saying this is a perfect story for X-Men. And I agree, but let it develop, see where we land. Uh, Jessica Hugh, Daredevil is really keeping me on my toes. Charlie Cox had me at hello. A lot of Daredevil love this week. Very cool. Glad you guys are all enjoying it. Uh, we waited so long for this to come out, and as you have probably heard by now and probably heard earlier this podcast, there's going to be a season two in 2016, so that's pretty exciting. Jim Radloff, I want to see post-Secret Wars polls go up for which battlegrounds remain. Winner gets a 12-issue limited run. I can't speak to giving anyone a 12 issue limited run because I don't work in publishing, but the polls are a very cool idea and one I'm going to think a lot about. So thank you, Jim. Is there a way we can get dates added to the episodes of This Week in Marvel on iTunes? Just learned I'm downloading episodes a week after posting. Uh, that's an iTunes thing. I don't know. I've never seen it on any other iTunes podcast, so I'm guessing no. But, you know, maybe we'll, we'll look into it. John Saab saying of my Marvel Mighty Heroes, this game is amazing. Wanted to get Nova so bad. I know Alex has Nova, and he says he's great. Kieran Doherty, the next wave theme tune is something that's constantly in my mind anytime I see the titles in stores. Tremendous. It's been too long since I last listened to This Week in Marvel. Criminal, really. I yield to your judgment. Ah, Kieran, you admitted your mistake, so I'll let you slide. To Nick Lowe, your rendition of Next Wave was inspiring. Can't help but sing along. People are staring. Let them stare. Not going to beat around the bush, I don't listen to the movie and TV section of This Week in Marvel. It's not that I don't like movies and TV, but news of the shows is everywhere, so I don't want to listen to the news again. Kieran, you have completely redeemed yourself uh, for the not listening for a while by saying you don't listen to the TV and movies section. Well done. Kyle Martinick, just got the Loeb Sale yellow, blue, and gray hardcover, and it says they are putting the finishing touches on Cap White. Any info? 
I'm just going to let that sit there. Mandy Kilinskis. Pretty sure that I've been eternally changed from the next week theme song. Next Wave theme song. Wow. All right. So Daredevil and Next Wave theme song are the big hits this week. I'm very excited. Matthew Wang. Thanks, Method Man, for the best interview about comics in a long time. Thanks, Blake Garris. I know Blake was really proud of that interview, and it came out really well. So thank you for giving him kudos, and hopefully we'll get Method Man back for more. Matt Link. Reading Annihilation noticed something. With the destruction of Xandar, how could all of the Nova Corps be gone? Because as we are shown, there are Black Novas as well as a very few others, Realm of Kings, but what about the Novas on away missions? Uh, reading closely Annihilation, that was actually the whole point of Annihilation prologue was they brought every Nova back to Xandar to deal with this problem. So no one was on an away mission. So everyone got destroyed except for Rich Rider, who carried on. The Black Novas were a separate faction. They were undercover, so they survived. Uh, but then the new Novas who showed up in Relvin Kings were completely new recruits that Rich Rider recruited uh, post-destruction of the core. So hopefully that clears things up for you. Pew Pew says, catch up. Zero Zero is used today. Brian Wilson claimed Zero Zero when he signed with the hated Dodgers. This is on our, is Zero Zero used in sports? Um, apparently Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys is also a professional baseball player. Oh, and hashtag Giants fan. Penelope Cat, how do I pick up, how do I pick a This Week in Marvel of the Week between a Greg Weissman Star Wars Rebels comic, Rocket Raccoon, Spider-Gwen, and Ghost Rider? Answer, my twin of the week is Ultron Forever, just for having the most pages drawn by Alan Davis this week. Good solution. I think Thor is my twin of the week, although Big Thunder Mountain Railroad comes close. Great to see more Daredevil and Marvel Unlimited, but I won't be truly happy until all the Daredevil is there. We are working on it. All right. Uh, Raven M. Fields, is it Friday yet? Waiting for Daredevil. And then says, second time, well, it's, it's been Friday now, so please listen. Uh, second time mentioned on the podcast, second time my name is mispronounced. Hashtag it's pronounced like the bird. Well, there you go, Raven. I said it right. Crushing so hard on Rosario Dawson. Hashtag hello, night nurse. I got to interview Rosario for a different project at a different company years ago, and she is delightful. Ricky Williams. What? First Wolverine, now Deadpool is dying. Looks like it's a bad time to have a healing factor. That is a great point. To Women of Marvel, Clark Gregg on the podcast. What? Love it. Uh, yeah, Clark Gregg was on a couple weeks ago. Deborah Ann Wall from Daredevil was on a couple weeks ago. I know they have another great Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guest coming up this week. So if you're not listening to Women of Marvel, change that. Uh, who is your favorite villain and why? Mine, Galactus, because he's not really evil, just necessity. Hashtag got to get his grub on. <laughs> By the same token, I always like Magneto um, just because, again, he's got the great motivation. I also have a soft spot for Kang. Uh, just a cool, kooky design, neat powers, not even really powers, just abilities, and, and his aims are, he, he's got a deep backstory there. So those are a couple of my favorites. Uh, continued theme, which villain would you like to know the origin? Again, for me, Galactus. Galactus' origin has been told. I'm not exactly sure where. I think it was an original graphic novel, but it is out there. So hunt that down. Angela 5, redeemed Angela for now, made me smile, Love the fight with Odin's son and the quips. Deadpool 45 was definitely my read of the week. And then, oh, this is great. Ricky finally addresses his, uh, his part with the Miami Dolphins saying, listening to This Week in Marvel, LOL, I'm from Canada. No NFL experience for me. Hashtag always get that question. Uh, Ricky, if it's okay with you, I'm going to continue to believe that you are that Ricky Williams. Just read Miss Marvel 14. Love the interaction between Amir and Bruno. Knew the new guy would turn out to be bad. Hashtag still a chance, Bruno. A lot of people caught on. Uh, by the way, that was all in shorthand, and I read it perfectly, so go me. Robert, 
Listening to Agent M and Ben J. Morse while I've started to train for the Infinity Gauntlet Challenge, comics and running. Hey, Robert, good luck, man, and let us know how you do. That's, that's awesome. Catching up on old episodes, Agent M next career will be head animal hugger, llamas, sloths, kitties, all of them. Yeah, Ryan loves animals, and he loves hugs. So, yeah, that works out well. I think he would do great with that. Are there any young Daredevil Matt stories? Not just the origin story, more about him learning to fight. Robert, I will point you towards Daredevil, The Man Without Fear. It's on Marvel Unlimited. It is by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. We also did a Twim URC on it, so you can go back and listen to that after you're done. It's all about Matt's formative years, and it's a tremendous, awesome book. Watching Daredevil series and enjoying it, I'm curious if there's any breakdown of what all powers Matt has, if any. Matt's powers, per se, is that because he can't see, his other senses have been heightened, so he can hear better, he can smell better, he can do all this stuff, and all those senses combine to create his radar sense, so basically he can quote-unquote see, but in 360 degrees. The rest, the fighting, the martial arts, that's all training, so pretty neat. From RP67, any way that Daredevil game by Encore forever ago can get released and then has a picture of a black screen saying first-person Daredevil video game announced, screenshot leaked. That's both uh, terrible and funny. Can't wait for Daredevil. Have to wait for the morning, though. 12 p.m. Uh, 12 Pacific in Jersey is 3 a.m. I, I hear you, man. Damn you, West Coast. Well, you guys, you guys got to it, so you're good. And just tells us we rock. That's great. Mark Brooks did a great job on the cover of Ant-Man 4. Also, it was a great issue. Uh, Santa Clark Gregg from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You guys are really trying to make me cry. Could be referring to any number of episodes there. Star Wars on Marvel Unlimited. So excited. Props to Marvel support. Uh, give props also to Elliot Ronan, Jim Nesadis, and all the other guys who worked on that. All guys and girls. Starting to like Fisk more and more, even more than Daredevil. Awesome show halfway through. Freaking awesome job with the Marvel Unlimited update. Thanks for listening. Props to Marvel support again. And again, props to Elliot Ronan, who was the uh, star straw stirring the drink on that one. And says about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., let's see Mr. Hyde flip out, which you did see if you watched this week. Rafa B., happy Passover. Ben J. Morse and the Jewish listeners, thank you. Happy Passover to you. Was there any Passover story in Marvel Comics? Uh, if there is, Dan Slott probably wrote it because he wrote the Things Bar Mitzvah story. I'm sure that Intern Alex's biggest achievement at Marvel is saying, this is Marvel, your universe, at the end of This Week in Marvel. Hashtag just kidding. I'm not sure if you're just kidding. That, that might be true. Uh, promo for Daredevil in Paris Subway. Big mural and video screen showing scenes in loop. We got a picture here. It looks great. Paris, man. They know how to advertise. Of course, the letter W exists in French. It's not a very used letter, but it exists. This is, of course, referring to something that I don't remember. Is it confirmed that Matt Murdock and Sky were both at the same orphanage? Um, Alex explained this yesterday when we recorded, but I'm not up to that episode yet, so I'm afraid I do not remember what he said. Sorry. This episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was heartbreaking and left me with a lot of expectations for next week. I'm betting that was Melinda. Uncanny X-Men number 33 was a cute story. I would love to read more of Magic and Kitty Cat and about Bo. In France, we have, even have TV commercials for Daredevil. That's how you do it, Marvel. Uh, yeah, we got TV commercials for Daredevil here, too. So that's how you do it, Raph. Uh, Avengers going to be on TV for the first time in France on Tuesday, the day before Avengers Age of Ultron. Very cool. Almost like we planned it. This week, Stromy sounds like he was in a church or in his toilets. Uh, I'm going to guess. It says hashtag lots of echo. I'm going to guess his toilets because if Stromy goes in a church, he lights on fire. Okay, if I make a Next Wave game on iPhone, will it be okay? I mean, it'll be okay, but we'll probably sue you. And all the French edition, edited collections for the past week, lots of good stuff in it. And we got a picture of, oh, yeah, lots of good French stuff. Commercial for Daredevil before Avengers Age of Ultron, Marvel Rules. 
Santa Blow, Santa Bo Clumark, Clumark, 20 minutes into episode 181, already on my way to the comic shop. Hashtag next wave. Nice. Simon Sebs, Marvel is hitting it out of the park with all their live action property. Daredevil is another jewel in the crown. Yeah, keep them jewels. Not that familiar with Daredevil comics. Is Stick as big a jerk there as he was on the show? I have not gotten a stick on the show yet, but he's totally a jerk in the comics, so that makes sense. Stephen Barr finished Jason Aaron's Thor God of Thunder and started new Thor on Marvel Unlimited. Great opportunity to read great comics. Watching Daredevil on Netflix and reading Daredevil Father on Marvel Unlimited. It's a great time to be alive. It is, Stephen. You are so right. Steve Meliza, Melissa, question about uploading to iTunes. Why is this week in Marvel so much quieter than other pods? At max volume, I can't hear driving. Again, Steve, uh, you know, we'll listen to our cars, and we have not had a problem. So that may be your car. I don't know, dude. Good luck. Taruna D, listening to This Week in Marvel, and damn it, I miss Next Wave even more. It was a phenomenal book, truly. Very nice of you to say. The Tech Lord, both Hawkeye and Nightcrawler growing up in the circus, did they ever sit down and swap stories about it? Uh, yes, in a tremendous untold tale that we've never seen. That's a really good idea for a story, though. Thomas Smith, who do I need to bribe, threaten, hurt, maim, kill? Just kidding. To get more Tron comics, love Betrayal in 2010. No plans at this time for more Tron comics, but if you need to uh, threaten or hurt someone, I, you know, Alex is always available. Just kidding, Alex. And finally, from Tim Keese, just listened to you learn shorthand mostly. Congrats, 5A equals 5AM, and that just made my day. Can't stop laughing, I think. I have mastered shorthand. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode, a little unconventional. Thank you for bearing with us. Next week, Ryan will be back, I hope, and we are going to do our Ultron Unlimited Reading Club as we get ready for Avengers Age of Ultron in theaters. So join us next week. Thank you for listening this week. Please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, do all that good stuff. Until next week, I'm Ben Morse, and this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>